Hello, everybody, and welcome back to FNA Van Life, the podcast. I am Alex. And I'm Frankie. And together we are. F- Whoa, my throat together is out. Together we are FNA Van Life. Yeah, we've been, I guess I've been stressing my voice out a lot for the last yeah. couple of days. So maybe recording a podcast right now was not the best idea. But we're going to give you guys the juicy stuff today. So we came anyway, even though Alex's voice is going. (laughs) So the reason that we decided to record this podcast today is that we got a very specific question from a podcast viewer or listener. So Frankie's going to read that out. So on Instagram, they are Van Traveler Views. So VTV. Uh, And what they asked was... They, listened, they said they listened to another podcast. In fact, it was number two. And uh, they were curious that what was the why uh, for Alex and I choosing van life and leaving our $90,000 and $100,000 a year jobs. Right. So both of us were very comfortable in our lives in New York. Frankie was an air conditioning technician. Mm-hmm. I was an executive assistant. Yep. We were making very good money. Um, I was making about 90 and Frank was making about 100 Yep. And we could have done that forever. Yeah, and been like super comfortable. Now, I guess what gets me is, have you ever felt stuck? Yes. Yeah, you know, I I think that's how I started to feel. I started to feel stuck. I started to feel like um, my life didn't have as much meaning anymore. And, you know, once again, we're in New York City, so you're in a concrete jungle. I didn't really get to enjoy nature anymore. And that was like one of the biggest things that was driving me was that I wanted to be outside in nature, submersed in different types of cultures as much as I possibly could be. Yeah, I get that. And when you're working all those hours to make that money, you don't really get time to yeah. go do those things. So I guess realistically, what is the reason for making all the money that you make? And it would be to go and enjoy it, right? I mean, at that point, I couldn't really even enjoy it that much because I was, you know, basically asked to work a lot of overtime. And then beyond that overtime, I was also commuting almost three hours per day of my life, an hour to an hour and a half to work and an hour and a half to two hours back home from New York City. So that alone right there is a huge portion of your life. Totally. I had the same commute. And I think the thing that you also have to think about is that in New York City, you kind of need ninety dollars to $100,000 to live. Mm-hmm. Like in different parts of the country, that might not be... Or that might sound like a lot of money, but in New York City, when your rent is $1,500 a month and you're getting taxed extra just because you live in New York City, your actual take-home money really isn't as significant as you think it is. Mm -hmm. That's not to say that we weren't making great money because we were also able to save a lot of money thanks to those salaries. Um, But... New York is a very expensive city, which is why you get paid more to work there, hopefully. If you're not, it just is very hard. When I first started living in New York, I was making $60,000 a year, and it was tight. I was living with five other people. I had no free cash. I was literally literally budgeting to the last dollar every single month. Yeah, and I think that's uh, one thing that most of us Americans, I could at least say, uh, do is we live basically paycheck to paycheck, not being able to put away much money due to the circumstances that we live in. 
And Alex and I had a very good opportunity to, you know, save a lot of money and change our lifestyle and get an opportunity to see something completely different and how it works. And, uh, you know, at first I was pushing for like a, a truck and a trailer and going way over budget, you know, and, and put myself in debt and uh, all these different things. And Alex came to me with a idea and with a way to keep us from going into debt. Right. And so the way that we did it, because we had these nice jobs, technically we could have got the financing and we could have done everything to get a really luxurious rig. But I feel like I'm just so much more pragmatic than that. Mm -hmm. To me, the idea of having this huge debt for something that you don't even know if you're really going to love. Like I was kind of worried that like, you know, maybe a month in, maybe six months in or whatever, you're kind of like, Okay, that was fun. This is Let the life me get me. back to the real world. Yeah, for sure. Um, which is, you know, why I don't recommend people kind of just jump in headfirst and spend, you know, their lives savings on van life because you can do it in any kind of rig. You don't need something super fancy and swanky. Especially for your first time, you know. So for us, we thought of this idea of buying something fairly old and abused and. Uh, fixing it up and building it out ourselves to create something that was of more value if we're going to sell it, but less value in the sense of money coming out of our pocket. So with that being said, said we wound up ultimately going the van life way. Um, very true van life very true, in a sprinter yeah. van, yeah. which is, you know, you know, Sprinters, Transits, Promasters, those are kind of like the classic van life vans. Mm-hmm. We found one for $4,000, which often people online are like, oh my God, how did you find that? Yeah. Like, what a steal. And like, we looked forever. Mm-hmm. We went to see so many different vehicles, types, sizes, years. We spent so much time and energy on the search for the right van. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we only spent four grand, but we've also had to dump a lot of money into new brake lines and new engine components and literally at this moment that we're talking to you guys we had our diesel fuel leak out of our tank due to the fact that our auxiliary port isn't connected right now because we had some issues with the van so you're definitely (laughs) going to come across many issues along your travels if you buy an older van and whatnot and you could even have those issues with a newer van so don't think that the, the if you do all your due diligence you should be pretty good and well off and whatnot but don't think that that means that you're living a completely stress-free lifestyle because it doesn't work like that life still has its its ups and downs and and it has its obstacles that you have to figure out how to get through and how to you know manage these situations but these situations are put in front of you for you to build yourself as a person and build your character and see what you could get through and what you're capable of So these are all things that still happen to us on a day-to-day basis. And actually, I think, if anything, it happens more so now than when we were living these fairly easy lifestyles in the sense of having the nine-to-five and working for corporations and whatnot. Um, But we now gain our freedom, you know. So I think one thing that, going back to the main question, is I was just tired of getting up in the morning to go to a job that I was doing the same stuff almost every single day and the passion for it just wasn't there for me so I was 
missing something in my life, I felt like, and I felt like I needed uh, a big change. And originally the plan was to just snowboard as many mountains as I could in North America and go from there. But, um, you know, we were able to accomplish that feat, luckily, uh, to snowboard 70 different mountains before the pandemic hit, which is, you know, just incredible. Um, yeah. And, and that created us to realize that we even want to slow down even more than that and, you know, really enjoy where we're going and the different places and meeting the people that we meet on the road is actually probably the coolest and most fun part about this lifestyle so far. Um, I think that has like something that I completely overlooked and didn't realize that we were going to meet so many awesome people along our journey. Um, but yeah, uh, I just think that if you have an idea that you feel like you're missing something in your life and your nine to five isn't giving it to you, save as much money as you can and think about alternative lifestyles. It doesn't have to be van life. It could be backpacking. It could be um, going, staying on a homestead somewhere. It could be so many different things, whatever it is, walking across America, biking across America, it could be whatever it is that you want to do. Um, you know, just try to fulfill that dream and that goal. And it really just opens up your mind and your opportunities. Mm -hmm. So I guess I'll go into my why a little bit. I have been working as an administrative assistant in various capacities for over a decade. Um, it was never my career of choice, but more like the career that I fell into. Um, my first job out of college um, was through the company that I had interned with in the summer, and they offered me an administrative position, and I figured, oh, this will be a great way to, you know, get my foot in the door and get some office experience, and then, you know, I'll move on to something else. Meanwhile, it turns out that because I took that job, I wasn't qualified for anything else. So the only jobs that I put in an application to from there on out that would reply to me were administrative jobs. So I found that I was kind of like pigeonholed. Luckily, I was able to like work my way up the corporate ladder and whatever. And, you know, by the time I ended that career, I was in a really good place with a great boss. I was at the top of the food chain in my company. There was literally no other person that I could work for in my company that would have put me at a higher level. So I had maxed out. Um, that's not to say that, you know, your salary can't increase every year and your bonus can't increase every year, but in terms of like my title and my status, that was it. And so I looked around my office and all the people that I saw, you know, the lifers mm -hmm. who'd been there for like 20 plus years mm -hmm. really did not inspire a lot of hope as to what the future had to bring you know, all of them are just counting down to their next vacation. They're counting down how many years until they can retire. They're counting down, you know, oh, when I retire, I can finally take that trip I want to take. Meanwhile, you know, I love everybody that I worked with, but a lot of them, you know, weren't that in that grade of shape. You know, 20 years sitting at a desk doesn't really make your body feel good. Yeah. So I'm looking at them and I'm like, you know, is that going to be me 20 years from now? And is that really what I want for my life? Um, so when Frankie kind of uh, 
you know, on our very first date, Frankie was like, oh, by the way, you know, I'm leaving I'm New travel. York in a couple of months and, you know, I've got this plan to travel across America in an RV or whatever. And immediately my mind was like, oh my God, I would love to do that. That sounds awesome. Um, but I reined it back a little bit because it was our first date. And so I didn't want to sound too over eager. I was coming in hot, I guess you could say. I guess. But he also like invited me to come with him. And I was like, is this guy crazy? It was more of like a subtle joke. And then it turned into reality. Though. <laughs> but honestly, it just kind of got my wheels spinning because at the time I had just gotten out of a really long relationship with somebody in New York, which is the reason that I ended up staying in New York as long as I did. And, you know, when that relationship ended, all my friends and family in Canada were like, well, are you coming home now? Like, you know, you're done in New York. And I was like, well, no, you know, I have an apartment. I have my job. Like, I have friends here. I have a life. I'm not just going to, like, ditch my whole life and move home because my relationship didn't work. Like, I feel like maybe in a year or two or, like, when I feel done with the city. But... So I wanted to give it a bit more of a go, which I'm glad I did. Because if mm-hmm. I had just, you know, picked up and run, I would never have met Frankie. I'm right there in the same boat. I'm glad you stayed. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in the same regard, I was kind of over New York City. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I'd been taking full advantage of the city for a really long time in terms of, like, the museums and the restaurants. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's so much amazing culture and things to do. And I just, like... When you're working a job like that, you know, it's not like you're on vacation and you show up and you're like, every day is awesome. Like, where do we want to go next? It's like, I wake up, I get on the train, I go to work, I mm-hmm. get on the train, I come home, maybe I meet some friends a couple nights a week, but that's it. Yeah. You know, it's a limited. workout class. It's very limited. You know, it's yeah. very limited. So it's not even like I was making time to like go to the MoMA on a Saturday. And I think that what we both sort of realized too is that we were super disconnected from, you know, our planet Earth as well, you know, like we started to realize that all we're looking at is concrete buildings and sidewalks. And Well, I think that's why my anxiety and stuff was so bad mm-hmm. because, um, you know, commuting every day, you know, an hour and a half to work, an hour and a half from work, if the subways didn't stop underground and trap you in terrifying, like, casket for 40 minutes without any information. Yeah. You know, I was literally, like, on edge all the time. Yeah. And then Frankie and I would take, like, a weekend trip to, uh, where was that, uh, Bush Creek Falls. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, we would go snowboarding Somewhere for the weekend. Somewhere beautiful. Somewhere that was just, like, very nature and, yeah. like, out there. And, like, I would feel so much better just, yeah. like light and fun the stress sort of just lift off your shoulders of like yeah. your day-to-day activities for sure and then sunday night rolls around and you're like Ugh. yeah you're like not again yeah <laughs> so like i guess the point where we get we got we both got to is we were dreading waking up to go to work every day and yeah. just like alex said these people that have been at the job for you know 25 to 40 years that are like oh i can't wait to retire to go on that vacation those people at my job were telling me like, yo, if you could explore and do things, do it now because I'm not even capable of doing it anymore because my body's too broken down from the type of job that we're doing. So like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to wind up like the, the 50, 60 or 70 year old person that can't even do the things that I could do now. So they can't get to or explore the same type of places that we can now at this age. 
So, I mean, realistically, I feel like life is a bit backwards. I feel like that life should be go out, explore before getting your said career because realistically, I think we would all know more about what we wanted to do if we actually explored pre-getting the career. And I think Frankie and I both kind of missed out on that. Like, when I graduated university or even, you know, the gap year between high school and university, I just worked. Mm -hmm. Like, I got a job and I worked and I saved money and I worked. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I had friends jotting off to Australia and Mm -hmm. Thailand and whatever and, like, having great times. And I was just like, I'm going to work. And when you're working... You only get so much vacation time and you only have so much money. So you can't, you know, just pick up and go to Thailand for a month, you know? I personally would never even had that experience coming from the background that I, you know, came from. I came from a fairly poor family and, uh, you know, traveling abroad or any of those things were not even a thought process in my mind just due to the fact that life was a struggle a lot of the time. So... When I finally had the opportunity to make a good amount of money and I knew sort of what I wanted to do with life and that was travel, I saved every penny I could, you mm-hmm. know. And so let's talk about why van life because obviously travel could kind of encompass many different things. So yeah. yes, we wanted to be in nature. Yeah. yeah, we wanted to get out of our kind of nine to five routine. And we but, could have probably like flew standby in a bunch of different Yeah, we could have backpacked. We could have yes. done all these things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for me personally... I really, I don't know, I feel like I need a home. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like the idea of living out of a suitcase, you know, even when you do it for a week or two weeks when you're on vacation. It's taxing. It's taxing, and it feels stressful, and I I just don't love, you know, the idea of not having a comfortable space that is the same that I can roll into and be like, ah. Mm. This is my home, mm. and I'm safe here. Yeah. And so that was what really appealed to me about van life, because, yeah, our backyard changes every day, but our home inside of Lolo the stays same. the same. Mm-hmm. So it gives you, like, a sense of comfortability and a sense of, like, uh, just being grounded. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, I can have the things that make me feel good, like, you know, my journals or my... Mm-hmm you know, guardian angel cards and I can have my full kitchen and Mm. I can cook, which I love to do. And like, you know, just having like that blanket that's like your blanket, you know what I mean? Yeah. You can bear all these things without, you know, bearing the weight of them. Right. On your back with a, you know, a 40 pound, not the metaphorical weight, the actual physical weight. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, that was really appealing that I could like design the space to be, you know, a comfortable home that we would feel really good in Mm. and that you could also have a little bit of the normality of regular life. You Mm. know, like we make breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day. Mm -hmm. Like we're cooking and, you know, but then we still get to explore awesome, beautiful places. And originally, you know, we were planning on going all the way to Panama. And so we were going to explore a lot of different countries along the way. All throughout North America, we were going to go. And Central America. And Central America, yeah. Um, But so obviously since the pandemic, that's been put on hold Mm -hmm. until I don't know when. But, you know, we were going to be able to get to explore a lot of different cultures, a lot of different you know, landscapes, and meet a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we still do that yeah. every day, yeah. even though we're kind of 
I don't want to say trapped in America, but yeah, like we are. Yeah, we like it's not like are. a really good time yeah. to be international traveling yeah. right now. Which imagine if we had quit our jobs and decided that we were gonna backpack around Europe or Asia or whatever, well, we and do. then like two months, three months in, because everything happened in March, right? We would have left in January. And then by March, we would have got sent home. Well, not only sent home, but then we would have been forced to live, rent a home, you know, right. because we're not, we don't, we haven't built one at this point, right. you know, so now we have, we're forced to now rent a home and now figure out the job situation and all that, because now you have to get an income, you know? So I think for me, um, why van life would be, um, I wanted to snowboard as many mountains as I could in North America. And I knew that the accessibility was there. If we, if I did some type of van life or tow a trailer or something like that along the lines, you know, and originally I saw um, a YouTube video of uh, a professional snowboarder. I think his name is Ben something. I'm not a hundred percent sure about that, but he had a fire truck that he personally built out with his father, and the fire truck was like an old like nineteen seventies or sixties fire truck, and they built this immaculate build. And it just looked like a little tiny home on the back of this fire truck. And he had his snowboards all around. It was like really inspiring to me. And then I also followed a bunch of other people that were living in, you know, say like a smaller RV or even similar to a van. Um, and that was like uh, brother, I think it was called Brothers on the Road. On the road. And it was a bunch of snowboarding people I was following. So I knew that I could keep myself warm in, you know, van or you know, RV life or any of those things. So for me, it was really geared towards the fact that I could travel to so many different places in such a easy way and inexpensive way mm -hmm. in the sense of like, I don't have to buy hotel rooms. I don't have to do all these different things to Flights, sustain car, this lifestyle. Yeah. So the, the amount of money that now that I needed was way lower than if I was going to fly everywhere, stay in hotels and do all these different things. Um, so, so yeah, van life was super appealing for that. And I think after Alex spoke about it just being like a home that you could come back to, like it gives you that grounded feeling. It gives you a feeling of like security and it gives you a feeling of like, um, a value in a sense. Cause it, it, you know, it's something that we built and, and, you know, it looks great, you know, and it feels good and it just gives you this sense of value and mm -hmm. like self-worth that you've done something like you've accomplished something, yeah. you know, uh, that's different outside the norm, mm -hmm. the normal, you know, another reason kind of feeding off of what you're saying is that rather than spending a bunch of money to travel and it all go away. Yeah, we do that in a sense, mm -hmm. but the initial investment in the van and refitting the van is more of an investment than a cost. Yes. So we could turn around and sell our van for at least what we put into it, yeah. recoup all of our costs in that regard. And, you know, especially now with everything going so crazy because of COVID, now everybody wants so to many people trying to get into this lifestyle that like we could probably sell it for almost double what we put yeah. into it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that's an investment. Yeah. So if we just kept turning around and flipping vans, which a lot of people do, 
you know, they build it, live in it for a little while, flip it, build it, live in it a while, mm-hmm. flip it. You know, it's a legitimate way to make a living, you know, just like people who buy and sell real estate and flip houses. Yep, it's just kind of on like a little bit of a smaller scale. It's smaller in the sense of uh, dollars that you're going to get back immediately. So like another thing, though, is a van is a much smaller project than a house. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's. And it's, you already have the bones of it there. Correct. Rather yeah. than building a house from scratch. Yeah, or something. correct. Yeah. Uh, or even having like a full fixer upper, you know, right. where you have to change. It might take you a year to do all that. Where I could build a van in a month, you know. So the the turnaround could be a lot quicker. So the profit, you know, to investment could be way higher. Technically speaking, if you're really smart and you do all you do everything well, you'll get recommendations and people want to buy vans from you eventually. Mm-hmm. So you know, you could look at it as business. You could look at it as you know, just wanting to get out and travel and live free and be a part of the earth more than, uh, you know, more than society, I guess you could say. Well, it's kind of funny because I feel like we're a little bit on the fringe of society. Yeah, like, we're, we're in between because we yeah. do all the videos and things like that. Well, I and, mean, just like generally van life because mm-hmm. like it's, you know, you're technically, you know, contributing to the economy in the sense that you're purchasing things. Mm-hmm. A lot of people yep. who are van life have full-time jobs, you know, like you're in the system a little bit, but then you're also just outside of it enough to be a little bit critical of it in the sense of like, you know, I feel like Frankie and I are like, why would we buy a house? (laughs) We would just be stuck in a house in a neighborhood and then we couldn't move our house. What's the point of that? I mean, God forbid something happens and you can't move your house. You know, at least if you're in a van, you can move the van. Right, a hurricane's coming, you're just like, beep, beep. You can have like half your belongings in the van and some (laughs) in the house and then just dip right out if, you know, shit hits the fan. Like, I don't think we'll ever be without some type of van life vehicle. Even if we end up buying property or we buy a house or whatever, just having the freedom and flexibility... And, like, you know, it's like your bug-out vehicle, mm. you know? Like, mm. if society decides, you know, everything's going to hell in a handbag, jump in the van and go live in the woods. Yeah, we could get through some zombies in that thing. I, think. <laughs> I mean, the rust would kill them alone, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, um, We're just, just, like, giving everybody tinnitus. Like, yeah, right? get out of here. Is so, that what it's called? Uh, no, no. It, the one where you have to get the... Oh, tetanus. Tetanus, yeah. Tetanus yeah. shot, yeah. <laughs> um, so... I, I guess the one thing we could say, though, too, as well, is van life has given us a whole different perspective on life. Like, realistically, I feel way more connected than ever before. Just the understanding and being able to watch nature just happen in front of me very often has given me a different perspective on the organism we live on, you know, and, and everything that um, flows around us and is happening, creating and feeding back and giving back and helping. And we could really be that to our planet as well. But since the way that we have been taught to grow up and live and live this certain type of lifestyle, we actually do the opposite to it. You know, we create a lot of garbage and we create a lot of, you know, unhealthy habits, um, not just in the sense of ourselves, but for our planet. So, you know, uh, I think van life has given me a whole new perspective on life, and I'm super thankful for van life in general. Mm -hmm. I feel like van life has given me kind of the ability to see that everything is really interconnected, even in terms of 
just the people that we're meeting and the places that we're going and how all of our choices are so interconnected Mm -hmm. and like things that happen that, you know, we might see as negative end up being super positive in Mm -hmm. the end because it delays us or it sends us on a different course. Mm -hmm. And then we meet somebody new, Mm -hmm. like for me, especially because I edit our weekly vlog, I spend a lot of time like listening to us talk and like seeing the growth well just like seeing how our day-to-day lives kind of are unfolding yeah and so it's interesting to you know like i'm editing last week's because we're usually like a week behind on the vlog just so that we can keep up with it and Mm -hmm. not be like so incredibly rushed um but like you know, the stuff that happened with the engine and the breakdown mm-hmm. and, you know, we were going to go for this amazing experience and blah, blah, blah. And then we got stuck in the other place. And then that literally lined us up to meet one of the coolest guys we ever met. And his name is Uncle Kevin. That's all we're going to tell you. That's all <laughs> we're going to tell you. You can go check him out at, at vanlife underscore unchained. Um, that's at vanlife underscore unchained. And he was one of the coolest people, but you're going to have to watch this week's vlog to check out what actually happened. Well, he's not in this week's vlog. This week's vlog. No, next week's vlog. Next, yeah. Yeah. So this week's vlog is basically all of the crazy business that happened Mm -hmm. that led us right to Kevin. So you got to see why we got pushed into this position and got pushed into this. Yeah, it's just so interesting because I feel like... You know, the flow, like we talked a lot yeah, with Kevin about, about the, the flow, flow of life. And positivity. It and, all thrives off of positivity. You but know? I feel like in our old lives, in the corporate world, the flow, it, was it ex- flowed sometimes. Well, you were forced into positions. Well, yeah. You know? but So you're doing something that maybe you don't really want to do. You mm-hmm. are somewhere that maybe you don't really want to be. You're interacting with people that like maybe you're not super excited about because you have to. Mm-hmm. Um But then in this life, you're just so in tune with nature and with energy. Yeah. And it sounds so woo-woo. It really does. And, like, sometimes when we're talking, I'm like, this is ridiculous. I want to laugh at myself sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like, you know, five years ago, you know, I mean, you know, I'm, you know, always been a bit spiritual or whatever, Mm. but, like, I feel like... I've never really experienced the serendipity of life yeah. so much mm-hmm. since I've moved into a van. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's incredible. It's, it's so deep. Like, I mean, the universe provides. Like, yeah. when you need things, the universe provides. You just have to notice them. You have to take advantage of your opportunities. You have to be open to possibilities. And you have to be positive. If you have those things going for you, you will no matter what forever exceed, you know, you'll forever make it no matter what you're doing. It, things will just fall into your lap in a sense, you know? Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I absolutely love it, but uh, I think we're going to kick it off there. You know, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast. And if and, you have your why, why van life, why are you thinking about van life, why are you living van life, you know, what do you think van life, you know, is going to provide you if that's the route you're kind of going, um, we'd be super interested to hear from you in the comments. Um, or you can go find us on Instagram at FNA Van Life. 
And of course on YouTube, yep. youtube.com slash FNA Van Life. And another thing, guys, if you have any questions that you want to ask us, maybe we'll make a podcast out of it just like this one. Yeah, we're always open to hearing from you on suggestions of what you want to hear and learn more about. So this is really your show. So anything that you want to know, just ask. I want to finish this off by saying thank you to uh, Van, uh, uh, Van Traveler Views for the question. And uh, their, their Instagram is van.traveler.views. So if you want to check them out, go for it. They have a dope, dope van, it looks like. And uh, yeah, we, uh, we invite any questions out there and we're happy to answer them. All right, guys. We'll see you in the next one. Peace. If you guys are loving this FNA podcast and you want more, you're in luck. We've decided to release a special exclusive podcast every single month that's going to take you way more behind the scenes on what van life is really like. All you have to do is just join our Patreon and we're going to hook you guys up. Patreon is a website where you can support creators that you love, hopefully like us, FNA Van Life. For a small monthly donation, you guys are going to get more podcasts from us and also direct access to our YouTube videos before they even come out. Go to fnavanlife.com slash Patreon to sign up today and get instant access to so much behind the scenes content.